The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Disability Law Show. Hello there. We are back at it. Uh, Savan Tamarkin and Albert here as well. We just call him Albert. He's so important he gets a first name only. You want to reach out to the guys anytime, stlawyers.ca is the website, or you can go to uh, disabilityrights.ca. Help at disabilityrights.ca is the email address and the phone number. Anytime you want to reach out for more of a private conversation, no problem, one 821 5900 We'll give you some more contact information throughout the show. Got a ton of emails to get through today, plus the three myths about long-term disability appeals you absolutely need to know. That is the big A word on this show, the appeal so stick around for that and we'll uh, we'll educate you for sure first savannah albert fellas we're ready to go here a couple week that was issues and uh i think uh savannah you're up to the plate first yeah yeah absolutely johnny cool uh great to be here with everyone again with our uh, audience in uh, in ontario and in bc uh you know john uh, every day I get emails and phone calls from people across the province, uh, both in Ontario and as well as British Columbia, uh, asking for help with their long-term disability claims uh, with their insurance companies. And one of the biggest insurance companies out there uh, that deals with long-term disability is Sun Life Insurance. And what I did this morning, just in advance of the show, I decided to, you know, since we're going to talk about appeals and many people who come to us say, look, I was denied or cut off long-term disability, then I appealed, I got denied again, I appealed, I got denied again. I have no idea what to do. And of course, we're not even talking about people who assume that they have no other option and are just walking away from money that's owed to them despite the fact that they remain disabled. So I just decided to go on Sign Life's webpage uh, under the, the statistic uh, um, uh, section of their website to just mm-hmm. you know look at what they say about appeals. And so I literally Googled Sun Life Appeals. And I have a document right in front of me on my computer from their website that says how your disability insurance claim is processed. And I see number one here, step number one here, it says claim is received by Sun Life. And they explain what documents are looking for, uh, like the physician's questionnaire, the attending physician's questionnaire, uh, the employer statement, etc. And most people do this. That's fine. It's not a big deal to apply for long-term disability. People know how to do that. It's not a very difficult process. The second step that it says here on the screen is claim is reviewed. And here's what it says. It says within 10 business days after your claim forms have been received, Sun Life will assess your claim to determine if you are eligible for disability uh, uh, benefits. If the claim is approved, well, then you go on and you start getting paid. Uh, if your claim is denied, then it goes to another uh, uh, section here on the website that says claim is denied uh, you are advised by phone and in writing and you are told what information is needed to appeal the decision <laughs> so this is the first uh, time they're talking about appeals and, and notice this they're not talking about any other process except appealing right. so if you are getting a letter from the insurance company or an email or a call that says that your claim has been denied your long-term disability claim has been denied you're not told that you have any other options you are told that you can now appeal the decision all right so then we go to the next step which is the appeal process and here i have here it says there's a first appeal and then there's a second appeal And I'm not going to bore you with the details, except that it says, here's what you need to provide us for the first appeal, and here's who's going to look at your appeal. And of course, who's going to look at your appeal? Other people at Sun Life. You know, the same thing happens with the second appeal. 
Now let's go to the end here, and here's what it says here. It says, if the decision does not change, your claim will be reviewed at the final appeal level, following which the appeals team will issue a letter explaining the final decision, which will either be to maintain or overturn the decline. If your claim remains declined, this is key here, John, pay attention. If your claim remains declined, this completes Sun Life's internal process. Now, the word that jumps out immediately is internal. It's an internal process. Understand this. If your claim, your long-term disability claim, this is not just Sun Life, by the way. It's really every insurance company out there that's dealing with long-term disability claims. If they deny your claim the first time or the second time or the third time, understand that this is an internal denial. What does that mean? It means that there is no third-party objective you know, uh, 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 pair of eyes looking at your case. It's the same people, effectively, the same insurance company looking at your claim and whatever you're giving them. What is their incentive to overturn the denial? There's very little incentive. Now, they'll say, if they're listening to this, which I'm sure they are, Sivan, you are blowing this out of proportion. This is complete misrepresentation of our process, etc., etc., you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and of course, you know, I've been saying the, uh, the, you know, the same thing here on, on this show for, for quite a few weeks and months, actually. You know, if you insurance companies are promoting this appeals process, why don't you tell us, tell the public, what percentage of these appeals are actually successful? I have yet to get an answer to that. Whenever I ask that, I'm told this is internal data or we don't keep these kinds of statistics or they just, you know, change the subject. My point is, do not appeal these denials because by appealing these denials, you are sucked into their internal process. They're going to basically just string you along. At some point, you're going to realize that all those months and possibly years you've spent fighting back and forth with this insurance company has come to nothing. In the meantime, you have no money. You, you have, you, you know, you're probably bankrupt. You have no way to pay the bills, especially now during this pandemic. And so people there are asking, well, okay, what's my alternative? It's very simple. The alternative is not to engage them in this internal process, but to start an external process. And this is where we come in. Not just us, by the way, John. Any lawyer that deals with disability claims understands fundamentally that the way to force an insurance company to pay what they owe is to start a legal process, a legal claim. And many people are hesitant and they say, well, I don't want to be one of those people who starts this legal process, etc." Look, yes, at the end of the day, if the, ins right, but if the insurance company is telling you they're not going to pay you and they keep telling you they're not going to pay you, you know, what's the definition of a crazy person? Somebody who keeps doing the exact same thing over and over expecting a different result. Mm -hmm. You understand? So yeah. what do we do when we start this legal process? We are starting an external uh, action. Uh, a legal action against the insurance company and now the insurance company internally within uh, uh, one of their departments your claims file moves on to another adjuster summons uh, uh, someone whose job it is to try and resolve the case this is how we get these claims resolved that's why people come to us John who have been fighting with the insurance company for months or years on end and they come to us and within weeks or months we're able to get the insurance company to the table forcing them to pay our clients what they're owed so if you don't believe me, go on the website and actually check out this document for yourself. You'll see every insurance company has something like that where they explain this internal appeal process, which is absolutely useless. 
That website, by the way, disabilityrights.ca. Have a look at it now as we go into a uh, short break here. The phone number for a, uh, a, a conversation outside of the hour of the show, one 821 5900 You want to send along an email, we'll get to those very shortly as well. That is simply help at disabilityrights.ca. It's a disability law show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And welcome back, Disability Law Show. You want to reach out to the uh, the guys, a member of the team, no problem, 1-855-821-5900, disabilityrights.ca. You can go to mydisabilityquestions.com. By the way, you can lay your questions down there. They will be answered in short order by a member of the team. There's also a search function so you can look and see if your question has already been asked in the past and answered fully there as well, mydisabilityquestions.com. Albert, uh, you're up to the play, pal. What do you got for us uh, today? What's going on? Well, well, sad, sad, sad week here, uh, Savannah and John. Uh, I had to turn down a couple of people this week, unfortunately. I uh, turned, them, turned them down from starting a legal claim because they had missed the time limit to actually engage in that legal process. And unfortunately for them, uh, they would have both had claims had they engaged in the process much earlier. And the problem here is that many people think that they only have those internal processes that Savannah was talking about. Many people think that they can only appeal and that's just not the case. And I can't stress how important it is to talk to someone right away and find out if, it, if it's the right time to engage in the process. There's nothing tougher than telling someone who would have had a case that if they had only started a legal claim right away, uh, they would have been able to get, get the recourse they were looking for. They would have been able to get some money, get back on their feet, uh, and either get reinstated or some form of a lump, lump sum settlement um, uh, to pay for their uh, disability benefits. And for all our listeners, I think this is a very, very important rule to follow. You usually only have two years from the date that you were first denied to sue. It's the first denial that we're looking at, not the last. And there's sometimes exceptions to that. So if you have missed that date, you should still speak to someone uh, to see whether or not you still have time. And also remember that insurance companies actually want you to miss that deadline. If you miss that deadline to engage in the legal process, if you miss that two-year period, they're never going to have to pay you. And that's one of the reasons that insurance companies sometimes like to de- deny your claims. If they can take a few months uh, after first denying your claim or you get to appeal it, uh, appeal it three times, there's a higher chance that you're missing that deadline. Uh, so it's such an important deadline to remember. You must, you must have seen that too before. So, Ace of M? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, this is something that comes up. Uh, I, I don't know if it's that often. It's unfortunate it's happened to you a few times this week. Uh, but people do think that they have all the time in the world. Now, I, I, want, I do want to clarify that when the insurance company denies your claim or tells you that it's going to get cut off, right? Let's say you're getting disability benefits, long-term disability, and you're told, look, for whatever reason, in a month, two months, five months, your claim will be cut off. Your payments will stop. Uh, they, again, they give you a time frame for appealing that, engaging in that internal legal process. And generally, they tell you have 30 days. You don't have to worry about those 30 days. Those 30 days are an internal deadline they have set. Trust me when I tell you that if you go to them on the 31st day or the 60th day or the 80th day and tell them, I want, to, I want you to review my application, they're going to do that. But even if they don't, 
Albert is right. You have two years from the date you were first denied or cut off your LTD benefits to start a legal claim to force the insurance company to pay you what you are owed. This is something that has come up, John, quite a few times uh, when I spoke about this with James, with Tamar, uh, with Albert. Now, we do keep seeing that. You remember a few, I think it was about a month ago or two months ago, there was someone who emailed me uh, and said, uh, am I out of time? And I found out that he was, in fact, out of time. And I asked him, why didn't you contact me back then? And he said, well, I didn't want to be pushy with the insurance company. You know, I, I was trying to be patient with the insurance company. No, absolutely not. Why are you being patient with the insurance? This is money that's owed to you, right? I can't emphasize this enough. If yeah. you want to walk away, if you talk to us and we tell you, you have a right, if you have a claim to money that is owed to you, why would you walk away from that? I mean, if you want to wake, uh, walk away from that, that's, that's your prerogative. But it's your money. The law says it's your money. So when Albert and I go to a mediation, John, and we get our clients 300000 400000 500000 a million dollars, whatever that is, that the insurance company signs on that check, do you think the insurance company is being charitable here? They're not. They understand that they have to pay that money. But unless you force them to pay that money, unless you stand up for your rights, and by the way, it's not just you, the listeners, it's whoever you know, family members, friends, colleagues who are struggling with these kinds of claims, unless people who have those rights stand up for their rights and enforce their rights, you are not going to get paid the money that is owed to you. That's the message. Guys, let's take a quick break. we got so much more to get through. I know you have another uh, matter to talk about, Savannah. We come back from a short break, and then we're going to get into our three myths about long-term disability appeals. You absolutely need to know. I know you touched on it in the in the first segment, but we'll get right back to that. In the meantime, write it down. The number to keep, one 821 5900 Email us help at disabilityrights.ca. This is the Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And thanks for hanging on. Disability Law Show here at Global News Radio. Do you want to reach out to Savannah Tamark and Albert Klein? It's uh, it's really simple. 1-855-821-5900. The phone number is a good place to start. Emails can be sent over. We're going to get to a bunch here in uh, in just a little bit. Help at disabilityrights.ca. Before we get to uh, the three myths about long-term disability appeals, you absolutely need to know. Savannah, you got one more matter you want to uh, discuss first, right? I do, and this is a gentleman that contacted us from uh, around the Vancouver area. Uh, This gentleman has been on um, long-term disability since 2018. He's 41 years old. He suffers from vestibular hypofunction, which is similar to vertigo. So he has balancing issues, but you know, fairly severe. He has a neurologist. He's going to a rehab clinic. Everyone is saying you can't work, and. you know, the insurance company uh, has paid him now for almost two years and now recently cut him off on the basis of a lack of medical evidence supporting his claim for disability. So, so let's break this down. This person uh, applied for long-term disability in 2018 because of this condition, which is ongoing and has been ongoing for a few years. John, just imagine trying to do your job if you feel like you're falling all the time and you have no balance. I don't know about you. I wouldn't be able to do this show. I wouldn't be able to practice. I wouldn't be able to stand up in court. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do anything. But this gentleman, of course, the insurance company, um, and I'm not going to say who that insurance company is, but it's an insurance company we deal with on a regular basis. They agreed that he's disabled 
For two years they agreed that he's disabled. And now suddenly they're saying there is a lack of medical evidence supporting your disability. So, of course, you're thinking to yourself, well, that doesn't make any sense. For two years you've paid him. You agreed he's disabled. Why now? Well, the fact that he's been in on it for uh, on disability for about two years gives you a clue, right? And for any listeners here who are new to this program, again, this is important. To get long-term disability in the vast majority of cases, the vast majority of disability policies say that for the first two years of being on disability, uh, to, be, to, to get LTD, you have to demonstrate that you cannot perform the essential tasks of your own occupation. I'm highlighting the word own, right? It's mm-hmm, your yeah. own occupation. Beyond the two-year mark, the question becomes, uh, can you do the essential tasks of any occupation for which you are trained for, or, or for, for which you have training, education, or experience? Uh, so, so it's a more difficult test to meet. It's no longer your own occupation. It's any occupation for which you are suited for. Now, again, if I have vertigo and it's pretty bad and it's been ongoing for a while despite all treatments, what job can I possibly do? I, I don't know. Maybe an astronaut, you know, when they don't care if they're upside down. I have no idea. <laughs> but, you know, you think about this for a second. And, and so this is a prime example of the type of cases that we get on a regular basis where people are cut off at the two-year mark or just before or they're told in advance that you will likely not qualify beyond the two-year mark. And people take that as gospel. They simply assume that they have no case. No, that's absolutely wrong. If you remain disabled from doing any occupation for which you're suited for, I'm not talking about, you know, uh, if if you are a high-level executive, uh, the the insurance company can't say, well, go and work at Tim Horton as a cashier. Nothing wrong with that, but that's not what you are suited for based on your education, training, and experience. In any event, uh, most people will simply walk away or will think that, okay, well, I guess my benefits ended the two-year mark. No, absolutely not. You should, you should be contacting us so we can look through uh, the denial letter, uh, talk to you about your condition, and then uh, talk to you about your options. Because in many, many instances, people remain disabled and should be getting long-term disability well beyond that. Now, John, I just want to do a quick calculation here, okay? This gentleman yep. is 41 years old. I'm just pulling up my calculator. He's getting 2300 bucks a month times 12 uh, months. Let's just do this just so that our listeners uh, are, are aware of this. 41, so let's assume that his policy goes to age 65, okay? So that's another, what, 24 years here? So times 24 years. So he's being cut off now. Had he not been cut off and received this disability payment of 2300 bucks a month, until age 65, he would be getting over $660,000. Zoinks. That is what the insurance company is trying to save here, in addition to other types of things that they may save if they cut them off. Do you understand what I'm saying? People need to understand this is money that's owed to you. This gentleman is, is potentially letting go, if he doesn't fight back, over $660,000. And this is what we see on a daily basis with people who've been cut off. The insurance company is trying to save money by cutting off legitimate claims. You have the power to stop that. You have the power to stand up for your rights. Don't think the insurance company is not going to pay you. They will pay you. They're playing the odds. Mm-hmm. They're playing the odds that most people, once they cut off, uh, get cut off, will walk away from money that's owed to them. That's the message here. Don't walk away. 
Guys, let's get right into this after we uh, take a short break. That is the three myths about long-term disability appeals you absolutely need to know. We echo this topic all the time in the show because it's eventually got to sink into people for just the reason you were talking about. First, I want to give you the phone number before we uh, just take a short one. That is 1-855-821-5900. You can go to mydisabilityquestions.com to ask your questions any time of day as well. And you want to send along an email, we'll get down to those. That is help at disabilityrights.ca. This is, of course, the Disability Law Show continues on Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Disability Law Show, that's what you're listening to. Welcome back to it to reach out to, to Albert or Savannah, no problem. one 855 Feel free to call that uh, when we're not on air. If you're bashful, don't want to, you know, talk to them in private that way, you can email. That's simple as well. That is help at disabilityrights.ca. Okay, guys, let's get into this. That is the three myths about long-term disability, LTD appeals. You absolutely need to know. I'm going to throw this one to you first. Albert says... Oh, this one's great. This is rich. It's an independent and objective process. Not really. What do you think? I, I mean, what a, what a joke here, John. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, it, if it was truly independent and objective, they wouldn't have to pay their own doctors to conduct assess- assessments. And really, we did speak about this at the beginning. It uh, was part of my week that was, was part of Savannah's week that was. Uh, and really, these insurance companies want to give you the illusion of objectivity and independence. For appeals, exactly as we always stress, who are you appealing to? The exact same entity that denied you in the first place. And also, what are the chances that someone who just made a denial is going to want to tell the company that they work for that several months down, several months before that they made a wrong decision and actually overturned that previous decision? The chances of that are completely slim, uh, and that's why <clears throat> that's why these are absolutely not independent nor objective. Uh, their, their objective is really to just try and cut you off or try and delay the process, keep you engaged so that you miss things like limitations or or you miss the opportunity to engage in the legal process or you have to be forced back to work. And that's their objective, and it's completely not an objective process whatsoever. What do you think, Sinan? John, do you remember um, last uh, on the last show we had a gentleman, uh, Joe, who is uh, somebody I've been corresponding with for over a year. I've been guiding him with his long-term disability claim. And he's been on LTD for over two years. He's very meticulous, organized. He suffered a stroke. um, And the insurance company has agreed that he's disabled over the two-year mark. Mm -hmm. And uh, just recently, uh, he was denied CPP disability. So the government uh, disability program. And once that happened, his adjuster at the insurance company uh, said to him, we need you to be assessed by a doctor. And, and and of course, Joe said, well, who's the doctor? And the adjuster said, well, this is a doctor so-and-so, and, uh, you know, uh, we, we would simply like that doctor to see you, uh, or, or whether it's through Zoom or whatever, and assess your capacity to work uh, and, 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 you know, the extent of your disability. And Joe then said, well, who's paying this doctor? And the adjuster, you know, uh, sits back and says, uh, well, we're paying, but don't worry, that doctor is objective. That doctor is independent. And Joe says, really? Really? You insurance company are pay- are paying this doctor thousands of dollars to assess me when I have given you 
a bunch of medical reports and assessments from my own treating physicians. You are now going to someone who has never met me before, are paying them good money to assess me so that they can be independent and objective? Really? Right. You understand how ludicrous that? Now, if you are told to go and get uh, an assessment by an insurance company, you have to do it. Yep. Okay, it's part of the policy obligations that you have as an insured. But don't for one second think that the insurance company is sending you to that assessment hoping to get an objective assessment. They're hoping to get a report back from that assessor that says something contrary to what your doctors are saying. And we've talked on this show, what do you do in that situation? Uh, and we will talk again in many instances. But again, Albert is correct. This whole process, this appeals process is not independent and it's not objective. And when we started the show, I read to you from Sun Life's own website how it says that when you get to the second appeal and you're denied, it specifically says we have now completed our internal process. It's internal. It's not objective. It's not independent. It's Sun Life figuring out if they want to pay you or not. And every insurance company does the exact same thing, which is why so many people who should be getting LTD are denied. Yeah, at the end of that part where it says, you know, that we've reached the end of our internal process, it's to say dot, 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 now you need to call a lawyer. But magically, <laughs> that's not on there. I, I don't know it's why. It's never on there. Actually, John, I've actually, I've actually seen cases, and we talked about those, where uh, adjusters have actually told people not to engage lawyers uh, because it may screw up their claim. You know, I mean, oh. I, I've seen that. It's rare, but I've seen that. Man, is that bad faith? I can tell you that if that was in writing, I've seen it, I think, once or twice. If that was in writing from an adjuster, that is a, a, a huge basis here for a punitive damages claim against the insurance company. Punitive damages, for people who don't know, is not just going after the insurance company for what's owed to you, but it's going after more stuff. It's going after more money to punish them. Punitive damages are to punish the insurance company for bad faith conduct. If they tell you not to go to a lawyer, that's bad faith. And Albert, I know we only got a, a couple minutes, so we got to take a break. But when they say, as Savannah was talking, you know, they send you for an assessment. Sometimes there is no sending for an assessment. Sometimes it's just your medical document documentation sent to a doctor. They don't even see you sometimes, correct? It's not even physical. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. And then sometimes these doctors aren't don't even practice in Canada. Many times I actually oh. see that, or often they're not even doctors who are assessing you. They're just sending them to some medical consultant who might have might have done uh, uh, some degree not in Canada. Uh, they've of course never met with you, and that's that's really the ridiculous part. They don't know you. They're not in a position to actually make that determination as to whether or not you can work or not. That's the point. The three myths about long-term disability appeals you absolutely need to know. There's number one. We'll get to two and three after we take a short break. In the meantime, reaching out, use it, 1-855-821-5900. And you want to send along an email, we'll get to those. Help at disabilityrights.ca. It's a disability law show. This is Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we are back. That's right. Disability Law Show. You want to reach out to Savannah or Albert, a member of their, uh, their awesome team. Here's the phone number, toll-free, of course, one 855 for a uh, private conversation. That's no problem. Email us help at disabilityrights.ca. And if you want to ask your questions using your keyboard anytime, you can go to mydisabilityquestions.com, ask your questions there, and they will be answered uh, rather quickly. So check that out, mydisabilityquestions.com. But, guys, we'll get back to this. That is the three myths about long-term disability 
appeals. You absolutely need to know. The next one is this. It's uh, your only choice. Your only choice if you want your insurer to pay what they owe you. It's your only choice, guys. You got no other alternative. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Please understand that you don't need to appeal these denials. Okay. In fact, not only do you not need to, you should not. By appealing these denials, you are now playing on their turf. They control the process. They control you. They will frustrate you by saying, we don't have enough medical documents. We can't get a hold of your doctor. You got to do this. You got to do that. Nonsense. If you've given them a report, something in writing from whoever's treating you that says you are disabled and it explains why, and you know you are disabled from working, you should get approved. It's that simple. So don't play their games, okay? It's by far not your only choice. In fact, it is the second worst choice that you can possibly do. Uh, the worst tr choice, of course, is just to walk away from money that's owed to you. So what you do is, this is very important, you give us a call or you give a disability lawyer, someone you've researched that you know knows what they're doing. This is, I mean, we're on the show, we're telling you, we know what we're doing, this is what we do for a living uh, in Ontario and in BC, across both provinces. But, it, you know, fine, you don't, you don't want to come to us, go to another lawyer. But make sure it's a disability lawyer and make sure that you start a legal claim as soon as possible. That's how you get the insurance company to the table. That's how you force them to pay you. Next one is this, number one or number three, depending on how you're counting the three myths about long-term disability appeals you absolutely need to know. Albert, how about this? You only have 30 days to appeal. That seems a little short. Uh, well, that's simply not true. I mean, John, you hit the nail on the head before. Uh, when are they ever writing after a, de after a denial letter where they're telling you this is your option to sue that you can and you should speak to a lawyer? You really do have other options. You simply do. I'm going to keep it short and simple there. He's absolutely right, John. I don't have anything to add. You do not have 30 days to appeal. Regardless of the fact that appeals are useless, you should be starting a legal claim ASAP. And for that, you got two years. But don't wait those yeah. two years. You could be uh, potentially left out if, if, if you miss that deadline. Okay, guys, let's uh, let's get to this. We'll get to an email here with our, uh, our minutes left in this segment. Megan's first up. Megan says, guys, I've been on medications for anxiety and depression for over three years now. I was told that my long-term disability will end next month because I refuse to take the medication that my insurance doctor says I should take, but I'm following my psychiatrist's advice, and I don't feel comfortable with the insurance psychiatrist. I don't know what to do. I need this money from the insurance company to pay my rent. Well, Megan, let, let me let me answer your question really really quickly here. Uh, you should absolutely follow your psychiatrist's advice, not the insurance companies, not the adjusters, not their doctor's advice. You have no obligation to follow their doctors or, or their people's recommendations for your treatment. This is why we have our own doctors. Now, John, it's really important here. Megan has been on LTD for three years, so she's passed that two-year mark. That means they've already approved her, assuming she has a standard policy, uh, that she is disabled from any occupation. So she's passed that test. You know, so to me, yeah. Megan, it seems like the insurance company is trying to grasp at straws, trying to find some way of cutting you off. Don't be afraid. It's a good thing you, you, you contacted us. I can tell you right now that we're going to help you immediately. And after we, we finish this show, we'll get in touch with each, uh, uh, with each other. I want to see the actual letter that they sent you telling you your benefits uh, uh, will end next month. And, and I can tell you uh, either Albert or I are going to write an email to the adjuster that is either going to make them back off or we'll explain to them in, in, in no uncertain terms the tsunami, the, 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 the legal damages that we're going to bring against them uh, if they, they, they uh, uh, actually 
uh, go ahead and cut you off. Because to me, John, this is this is absolutely insanity. I mean, can you just imagine this? You, you're being treated by your own doctors, and here you have somebody from the insurance company who says, after all these years, we think you're taking the wrong medication. That's yeah. insane. So yeah. to anyone out there, not just Megan, follow your own doctor's recommendations, not what the insurance company is telling you. And I think key here, Albert, as well, is that don't wait. Everyone's like, oh, it's okay. I got it in a month or two months or three months of benefits coming. Then I'm going to make a, make a beef about this. You don't want to wait. You want to try to bridge the gap, right? Well, if you wait three months, well, then that's three months that you could have been uh, further down the line, further down the process. You absolutely want to engage in it right yeah. away. Yeah. yeah. Guys, lots of emails here to go with our remaining minutes of the show. That's okay. You want to send one. If we don't get your email on the show, that's okay. Send it along. The guys answer them all the time. That is help at disabilityrights.ca. Another resource for you anytime to ask some questions, mydisabilityquestions.com. This is a great website. Go there. Lay your question down. You can also search the database for previous questions. Yours might already have been answered in depth, but if not, you can leave it there, and the guys will get to it rather quickly, mydisabilityquestions.com. And, of course, phone numbers, always a good way. It's quick, one 821 5900 More of your emails and questions on the way. Disability Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back. Disability Law Show. Savan and Albert, uh, remaining few minutes here of the show. Want to get to another email. We'll get to Len. Len chimes in and says, guys, my good friend Brian was in a very bad accident last year and has been unable to go back to work since then. He's been a carpenter for over 20 years. He applied for a LTD, long-term disability, through work and was denied because they say he is not, quote-unquote, totally disabled. He appealed that with the help of a paralegal twice, but was denied both times, and he doesn't think they'll ever pay him. His doctors are saying that he won't be able to go back to work for a long time because of his injuries. Can you guys help him even though he was rejected by his insurer several times already? Let's spin this record again, huh? Wow, wow, Len, I, uh, I I can hear the frustration for your friend Brian. Uh, I'm very sorry to hear about what happened to him. Uh, we definitely can help him. How frustrating, though. I, I I don't know why anyone with a hand in law is ever recommending appealing. That tells me right away that they don't know what they're doing. We say don't appeal for a reason, and we mean it. This is uh, tried, tested, true. Appealing is almost invariably going to result in a denial and result in the delay of your claim. The good thing is that uh, your friend Brian's doctors are saying that uh, he won't be able to work for a long time. It's good for his case uh, that he has the support. Obviously, terrible for Brian. Um, sorry, I'm sorry that he was in such a severe accident. Uh, but he definitely has some rights, and he should definitely be engaging in the process right away. Don't appeal another time. You don't want to uh, see him walk through an appeal a third time only to get denied. I'd recommend he speaks to someone right away. Uh, and uh, hope, hopefully we'll be able to get him some positive recourse right away. Uh, the other thing as well is uh, the accident happened last year. You usually have two years from the date of an accident to start a legal claim for that. So he's going to want to make sure that he speaks to someone about that accident as well in the event that someone else caused his injuries. I'm very sorry to hear about Brian, but definitely, Len, we can help. John, I, I should just chime in here and when Albert mm-hmm. says speak to someone I highly recommend they speak to Albert uh, or to anybody anybody on our team because yeah, I don't know what kind of accident 
Brian was in, if it was a car accident, if it was a, a cycling accident, motorcycle, whatever whatever that was, we deal with those kinds of cases as well. And, and the important thing to understand is that, uh, you know, being in an accident and then having uh, a, a claim for compensation for your injuries there uh, is distinct. It's, it's separate in many ways than the LTD case that he now has as well with his insurance company, because now we're potentially dealing with multiple insurance companies for different things. Remember, long-term disabilities for income replacement. It's to, it's, to, it's to replace your income because you can't work because of your disability. But if you're in an accident, any accident that someone else is responsible or partially responsible for, you may have a claim also for pain and suffering and for other damages. Maybe you need help around the house, housekeeping. Maybe you need medical expenses. There's a whole bunch of things. So it's really important to understand that uh, you, know, you may have an interplay here, an overlap of claims, and a paralegal will not be able to deal with that. Right. I mean, we haven't talked about that. I have nothing against paralegals. We have paralegals in our firm, uh, at our firm, that are just phenomenal. They're exceptional. But when you're dealing with serious accidents and when you're dealing with long-term disability, paralegals are very much restricted in terms of what they can do for you from a legal standpoint. Mm -hmm. Example: When we go after an insurance company when a person is denied long-term disability, like Brian here. We are actually asking in that legal claim process that we start for a declaration, a declaration from a judge, if it ever goes before a judge, not that these claims normally go, I mean, you know, generally they settle early on, but we ask for a declaration that the insurance company must confirm that this person is in fact insured. Now, a paralegal cannot do that. In small claims court, you can't do that. That's why they're limited. So I'm concerned here that Brian, who's had a very serious accident, and now has been denied long-term disability, is dealing only with a paralegal because they're restricted in what they can do. So very, very important, Len, please tell Brian, connect him with us, connect him with me or, or with Albert or someone else on our team, and we'll give him all the information. And guess what? It's free. It's free information. He's not going to have to pay a dime for this, but he's going to be empowered after he speaks with one of us, and he'll understand exactly what his options are, what kind of compensation he's looking at uh, from, from every standpoint here for the accident, for the disability claim. And this is the message out there, John, to everyone, just like Len, who's looking out for his friend Brian, if you, again, a listener, don't have a, a situation that, that you need help with, but you know someone who does, please, please pay it forward. Give them this information. Connect them with us. Go to the website that you, John, are going to tell our, our, our listeners about again and again and again. There's a ton of information there that is going to empower you. Is there not only, I know there, there's legal boundaries for paralegals, but is there not uh, as well a monetary limit to what they can represent? I believe it's up to 25000 yes. So, I mean, you may be no, you may be so far beyond that with your case that you're damaging your, your, your case right from there, no? There are definitely limits. And, for example, in Ontario, it's 35000 It's been It's okay. been increased recently. Uh, and, and in BC, uh, paralegals are very restricted as well from doing anything on behalf of clients. So, yeah, absolutely, you're right. I mean, imagine if Brian, has a claim here that is in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, which seems to me like he probably would have that kind of a claim if he was in a very severe accident and also has a long-term disability claim. Uh, I mean, I, I resolved a claim just a year ago or so uh, where there were three insurance companies, the disability insurer, uh, there was uh, the insurer for whoever caused the accident, and my own client's insurance company for the car. And, and the settlement was in the mid-six figures. There is no way that a paralegal can help you with that kind of a claim. So you have to be very careful to choose not only the right representative, but the firm that has the resources to advance your claims and your interests. 
You know, you mentioned the uh, the right firm and right resources in our last couple minutes here before we got to go. We should mention as well. I know you we've mentioned this. We try to we try to blend it into each show, but not only. And this is key. Uh, I'm not sure what this accident was all about, but generally with car accidents as well, there might be a workplace issue with that, mm-hmm. and you guys do both, which is, as you, the, the term you use all the time is interplay, and I think that's really important that someone chooses a firm like yours that can handle both the workplace, employment stuff, and the disability, correct? You're completely right. Absolutely. Many people who are in an accident, who are injured, who are disabled now have issues with their employers. Uh, Sometimes employers let people go when they're on disability. And sometimes just for whatever reason, they let people go, but they don't pay them the severance they're owed. Uh, So our focus at our firm specifically is employment law and disability and injury law. Those are the only things we do. We don't do family law. We don't do tax law, criminal law. We're not jacks of all trades. We are specialists. We're specifically focused on these areas of law, employment law, disability, and injury law. Across Again, across Ontario and across BC. That's how extensive our resources are. Guys, another phenomenal week. Appreciate it. And thank you for all your emails and correspondence. You want to continue on now that we're done for this uh, this show today. You can reach out to uh, to Albert or Savannah, remember their team. They will hook you up uh, nicely. 1-855-821-5900. That is the phone number. Email address we use is help at disabilityrights.ca. You can simply go to disabilityrights.ca. There you will catch past shows of the Radio Nature, and also links to our television show as, uh, as well. You'll want to catch that. And, of course, questions anytime and answers about LTD, mydisabilityquestions.com. We'll catch you again next time, the Disability Law Show on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.